Good job, fellas. Sir. Fun show, as always. It's only an hour with Jeff and Jordan right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And it's now time for the award-winning midday program with Trey and BK. A lot to get into over the next 50 or so minutes. We'll talk some Texas basketball. Big-time matchup for the Longhorns against Shaka Smart and Marquette tonight. We'll talk some transfer portal stuff. The Aggies have made an offensive coordinator higher. Of course, that's relevant to Texas because Texas will play against Texas A&M every year starting in 2024. And also, Trey's done some research on NCAA President Charlie Baker's new proposal for the future of college sports. We can get into that as well. How are you doing today? I'm good. While some shows are talking about LeBron's timeout, no timeout, I'm going to be honest. PK cares about that stuff, at least to some degree, I'm guessing. I don't give a flying shit about that. So instead, we're going to talk about the sport that matters most to this show and this channel, and that is college football and the future of college football and whether or not the NCAA has a role in college football after the next couple of years. I have never seen a flying shit, and I hope I never do see a flying shit. Uh, well, you've never been to the monkey cage at the zoo then, have you? Oh. Yeah, I guess when they throw it, I guess that qualifies as flying shit while it's in the air, right? They always throw it at me. Oh. Does it hit the cage, or does it go through the cage? <laughs> no, thankfully, it's uh, it's plexiglass or mm. something equivalent to plexiglass, so I just watch the shit kind of stick to the plexiglass and then start sliding down. Like if, it were acceptable for, if it were acceptable for humans to do that, you'd probably lead the world in shit thrown at you. I No, no, no. I, I'm going to have to dispute that because I'm not crazy about touching shit. Oh, you wouldn't be the guy throwing the shit you would lead the league and other people throwing shit at you oh yeah no that that's true that's yeah. true we're, we're lucky we're not at a point in time where it's acceptable for people to throw shit at you or like even something like rotten fruits and vegetables which was pop popular in me medieval times because i would well if nothing else my head would always be on a swivel and i would have pretty quick reflexes too but I would also uh, be pelted with a uh, fair amount of shit slash rotten fruits and vegetables. Yeah, what whatever happened to the throwing tomatoes at people bit? Like, I, that was in cartoons growing up, and I've never seen anybody throw a tomato at anyone in my life, and I kind of wish I had. Apparently, that's the way you used to get somebody off the stage when you had performers back in, like, the 1800s. But boo wasn't enough. You had to physically accost them in a way that was humiliating, but also in most cases wasn't going to maim them for good. Dude, the amount of tomatoes that would have been thrown at Kevin Moore this year. Are you kidding me? Guy would have been destroyed, dude. I might bring that back. I might bring that back, you know. I might bring the uh, the tomato bid back. Like We should do that as a bet payoff. Once you forfeit... <laughs> Once you forfeit and have to uh, dress head to toe as a Longhorn fan and go root in the OU section for next year's Texas OU, maybe the second bet for this football season can be uh, the winner gets to throw rotten tomatoes at the loser. <laughs> oh, man, just thinking about that makes me so happy. As we, should as me. we should almost open that up to our listeners too. just like have an event where everyone gets to like, we'll raise money for charity. You pay a dollar and you get a couple of tomatoes and you just get to pelt one of us. 
Absolutely not, because I cannot risk that. If that were to happen, that would not be good for me. Do uh, they even hurt? I guess they hurt, right? Rotten tomatoes. I think what you do is you probably go, although this costs a little bit more, you go heirloom tomatoes because the heirloom tomatoes tend to be a little bit softer. Like if you're going straight up Roma tomato, I mean, that's like a that's like a lacrosse ball that you're throwing at somebody. <laughs> it's got a little bit more given than a lacrosse ball, but that is going to leave a mark too. Mm. What was it that the, we threw at one another? God, this was early in the uh, the midday with Trey and BK days. There was something where the winner got to hit the got to um, play butts up with the losers, but I don't think I don't remember what was thrown at them. Is it like ping pong balls or something? It wasn't ping pong balls. It was something that uh, that hurt a little bit more than ping pong balls. Tennis ball, maybe. It doesn't yeah. seem quite right. Wags was a part of it, so we may have to ask him about that one. Mm. Well, Wags probably lost because he lost every single bet he participated in. Oh, he did. It got to the point where it was like, hey, you sit this one out, bud. Trey and I will will handle this on our own so you don't have to do another bet payoff. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, man. All right, you teased it, so let's get into it. You, you've read more on this than I have. I did a little bit of research before the show, and, and this is something that's really important, and I'm going to study up more on this uh, throughout the coming days and weeks, but we, we might have some major changes coming to college sports in the not-too-distant future, NCAA President Charlie Baker is proposing uh, some sweeping changes to college sports that have a lot to do with NIL and could seriously impact the future of every college sport, but especially college football. That's right. NCAA President Charlie Baker yesterday released a letter intended for really the general public's fans of college sports, the universities, the athletics departments, those who participate, those who watch, Titled The Path Forward, it was a letter that he says was directed to NCAA members that lays out his vision for what the NCAA and college sports might look like in the future. And the bottom line, BK, is that he is recommending that college sports have a subdivision that consists of schools that are willing to commit more resources to its athletics departments to keep there from being this widening gap within the same division that is unfair for those lesser teams while giving uh, those top-tier teams, the Blue Bloods and other schools that have figured it out NIL-wise, a way to properly compensate their athletes financially. And it would allow these schools, amongst other things, to essentially set the deals up, the NIL deals up, for their student athletes too, which is obviously a departure theoretically. I understand how things are actually going behind the scenes right now. And there's still very much a gray area and a lack of guardrails to where lines get blurred, where that money is coming directly from the schools at that point and not from a collective or a car dealership or whatever else. Everything is being run through the school and or athletics department. Okay. God. And yeah, keep going. No, 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 go ahead. And so theoretically, this is not a bad idea because we've been talking about this for a while now, you and I have, and I've insisted this entire time that there will be some sort of clear-cut separation between the teams at the top, that is the teams that have the most money to spend, and those who just 
can't commit themselves resource-wise for one reason or another. Maybe they're a smaller school. Maybe they're up and coming. Uh, maybe they just don't care about college sports enough to want to make that happen. And that way you can create a division for that group of schools. Let's call them G5 and maybe some Power 5 right now mm-hmm. that will still have a legitimate chance to win national championships in football and some of these other sports year in and year out. But uh, also making sure that we don't have some hacks that are a part of the college football playoff unnecessarily where it's like this is uh, this is uh, some serious generosity going right now. Some might call it uh, some nonprofit work, some charity work, if you will, and including a, a Liberty or another school like that in the college football playoff only to watch them get bro- boat raced each and every year. So where this plan falls short for me, though, BK, is a couple of areas. And it really starts with Title IX. That's not to say that I am completely opposed to Title IX, but Title IX, as it currently stands, it doesn't make sense because you are accounting football in with the rest of Title IX, and that skews the numbers on the other side. And Charlie Baker is suggesting that the schools at this top tier, they will make sure that there is equity on the men's and women's side of what is being spent on college athletes when the reality is is that because college football is such a – moneymaker and it generates so much for the rest of the the athletics department you need to figure out a way that you can provide some sort of separation there and i don't know if college football programs go private i'm not totally sure what that looks like other than to say that to say look we're going to create this higher level where these schools have more resources but we've got to make sure this is all even too you're going to tell me that you're going to find women's college athletes that are uh that are revenue earners on the level of a Bijan Robinson or a Quinn Ewers or an Arch Manning, I think that's unrealistic. And I, while I think this is maybe steps in the right direction, they're still trying too hard to shoehorn it into the cr- current college model while also attempting to skirt what is inevitable down the road. And that is the fact that there are some antitrust violations here that they're currently in court for. And they are still trying to avoid these schools being considered uh, employers of certain student athletes, those student athletes who play the sports where there may be long-term ramifications for injuries suffered the way that they played the game while they were in school there. Now, the NCAA will tell you, hey, look, we've got an insurance system that is set up that kicks in starting next fall that covers these student athletes for injuries sustained while playing for their college for a couple of years after they're done with their eligibility. That's not going far enough just yet, unfortunately, but yeah. them avoiding being considered employers allows them to skirt the issue of uh, long-term disability, which is which is the reality for certain student-athletes. I mean, you're talking about football players, and this is in a lot of other sports too, by the way, where they suffer, let's say, a, a ligament injury or they break a bone or something else happens or head injuries where they are going to need more help down the road than what is being uh, offered up to them right now, either by the schools themselves, the athletics departments, or now even the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot to unpack there. Like, we've got to stop pretending like college football is the same as every other college sport. Exactly. Right? Like, even though, look, men's college basketball is clearly the the second most popular college sport that we have right now, but men's college basketball is so much closer to every other college sport than even football. Like, football is its own beast. So if this can be the thing that kind of spearheads the desire for college football to be its own entity – and just be like a professional sports league because it kind of feels like a professional sport right now, doesn't it? Um, this should be a good thing for that. 
but we cannot sit here and pretend like, yeah, all college athletes are created equal. I get what Title IX was. There are some great elements to Title IX, but we can't sit here and pretend like uh, the football program benefits the same, uh, the university the same as the women's rowing or the men's rowing. Like, it's just football is its own separate beast here, and you can't treat football players. I don't even want to make this about gender right now. You can't treat football players the same way you treat, like, just about any other sport when it comes to the way finances are done because it's so different. Yeah, Title IX still has a place in college sports, in my opinion. It just doesn't have a place where you are counting the scholarships in football along with everything else. Because as you just mentioned, that creates these ridiculous scenarios where you have these women's crew teams that have like 100 members where it's like loopholes being passed through by people who want to get their kids into that school. And so they fake like they're going to be a part of the crew team. And theoretically, they are. They have to show up to a certain number of practices. But uh, just ask uh, Lori Lachlan and William H. Macy and his wife and uh, some of the other families. Uh, who was the the uh, tennis coach? Was it Michael Center? Yep. Tennis coach that got caught up in that. Yeah, just ask them about how well that works out. Because it wasn't, I mean, we say crew is the best example, but that's happening on the women's side of things in a lot of different areas where uh, you are essentially allowing bribes to be passed because these guys don't, they don't have, um, they don't have enough wherewithal, really enough playing time for serious competitors to want to be a part of that program, but they still have scholarships to fill. So they find other ways to do so. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's just different, man. I mean, no one wants to, I don't want to say nobody, but the difference in NIL money too, because a lot of this is about NIL and the NCAA is trying to do something to figure out NIL because there just have been no rules and regulations and it's basically been open season in recent years. I mean, the money for football NIL is significantly more like swimming and diving. Let's use that as an example. That's our most successful athletic program at the University of Texas, but the money pumping into that ain't nothing close to the money that's pumping into football. So to just sit here and almost punish the football program and almost punish football players and say that, nah, you know, it's it's got to be split amongst all of the student athletes on your campus. Like that just, that feels silly. That feels silly. And that just feels like another stupid NCAA decision that uh, would ultimately backfire and cause people to hate the NC2A even more. And the insistence that, Let's let's go specifically with college football players. The insistence that college football players shouldn't be considered um, employees of the university becomes especially ridiculous when you take into account that one of the things that Charlie Baker suggested in this letter yesterday is that all of this money, all of these payments, all of these NIL deals are coming directly from the school. The schools are helping to set these deals up with the college athletes. Now, what you'll see, and this is something that has been talked about for a month plus now, is that... These collectives, some of which have done a great job of organizing, fundraising, and finding deals for these student-athletes, they will be uh, officially a part of the school or the athletics department going forward. And so at that point, you're telling me that the school or the athletics department, because there is a separation in certain instances, like Texas, their athletics department operates uh, a different set of accounting or a, a different account uh, financially than what the school does. And there is some, uh, there's some trade-off back and forth, but the athletics department essentially pays the school, but they all also operate their own budget. That's the, the term that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So uh, the athletics department is going to be essentially paying these salaries. It's $30,000 at least per student athlete, which is the number that Charlie Baker cited in this letter yesterday. But these guys aren't going to be university employees 
Like it's a basic two plus two equals four, or Charlie Baker is trying to insist two plus two equals three or five. Like that just doesn't add up. You can't say all of these things are good ideas and then also say in the same breath, but you're not going to be university employees, though. What they're trying to do right now with this, and I give him some credit for trying to be a little bit more forward thinking versus the NCAA that for decades now has operated 5, 10, 15 years behind the times for trying something new. But I think it's also trying to distract from the issues at hand, namely two different lawsuits that the NCAA is a part of right now, as are a number of member institutions totaling more than $4 billion from student athletes from the past who are looking for some sort of revenue sharing and uh, are also looking for uh, some sort of compensation in, in instances where they have suffered long-term disappointment, uh, or long-term disability, excuse me, and the schools in the NCAA have done very little about it up to this point. Yep. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for this. It's almost like uh, the NCAA should be willing to part ways with college football and just like, hey, you guys deal with your own problems. Y'all deal your own thing. We don't want to deal with this shit anymore, but obviously college football makes them a ton of money. So they're going to try to keep it around and they're going to keep this student athlete bit going as long as they can. Even though like for years, we've known that that's a crock of crap. And really over the last couple of years since NIL and the portal and all of what has changed in college sports, it's even more BS that we still try to call these kids student athletes. The NCAA until the end of time, will try to claim that no, these aren't university employees. No, these aren't professionals. They are student athletes and we've got to treat them like students and it's just, it's, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's keeping the sport in a bad spot and it's making the NCAA look incredibly dumb in the process. One of the strangest things about this story, dude, cause I've seen this on a number of sports sites since it came out yesterday and I gave it some time and I checked last night and I checked this morning and I I'm literally checking right now. This story is very difficult to find on ESPN's website. It is nowhere. It has been nowhere to be found on the front page, like in terms of the top headlines hmm. and even on the, uh, the college football specific news site through ESPN.com right now. I don't see it anywhere here either. I did yesterday late. I saw it. It was like the fifth or sixth story down, but ESPN doesn't want to touch this story. That should tell you something that should tell you that ESPN isn't crazy about the idea that Charlie Baker is floating. And there is a good chance that we see happen what you just suggested a few minutes ago. And that's ultimately college football saying, you know what, NCAA, have at it. Do a great job uh, governing some of these other sports. We're our own thing at this point. And we are going to create that separation on our own. You'll still be responsible for a certain level of college football. But SEC, Big Ten, we'll see how many of the Power Four remain a part of this. Because in the articles that covered the letter yesterday, they're like, look, there are certain Power Five schools right now that aren't going to be able to cut the uh, the parameters that Charlie Baker is suggesting right here. I think it will eventually come down to maybe it's not just SEC and Big Ten, but there will be a specific number of schools that are a part of the, part of that top tier of yeah. college football, and then everybody else will fall into a Division two, three, uh, et cetera, or FCS. You know, wh- whatever they choose to label it with numbers or acronyms or whatever else, uh, there there will be that distinction, and it probably happens in two years. Also, once this current expanded playoff contract runs out after the 2025 season yeah i wonder how it works right i wonder about trust it feels like most people don't trust the ncaa at this point but i just think about the alliance and the crock of shit that that was yeah now like three conferences are like oh yeah no we'll we'll work together 
we won't poach schools from each other. We'll uh, we'll all just combine forces and make sure. Like, I wonder if these conferences and these schools are like, well, do we need the NCAA? Because as shitty as they are, they're like, you know, they're supposed to be fair and all of us are under their realm right now and we don't have to worry about people really going rogue at this point. Like, that would be the one fear that I could see some university presidents and some ADs, you know, the people who have to make this decision, potentially have it. Yeah, on my deathbed, I will laugh at the stupidity of the alliance. I uh, You can oh. mark my words on that one. But you're exactly right. The NCAA has not been necessary in college football for a long time now. I get their presence at the lower levels, and I get their presence in other sports. Obviously, March Madness is their baby more than anything else right now. And they've done a good job of trying to bring women's basketball along and giving it some of the same respect that the men's game has gotten up until these last couple of years, but it's completely unnecessary in football. I think that they have better leadership in place now with Charlie Baker, but ultimately it's too little too late. There is Mm -hmm. uh, another governing body that has essentially been formed over these last few years that we call the college football playoff committee. And maybe you do some restructuring with that, but that's the group that people care a hell of a lot more about what they have to say about things than the NCAA. And that's been the case for five years now, five plus years now. Heck, it's been close to 10 years. Yeah, 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 since it started in 2014. So, yeah, interesting. All right, well, we'll take your thoughts. Keep the comments coming on the YouTube comments line. Hit us up on the CODA text line, 512-222-9328. Hair of the Dog says, please do the tomato uh, tomato bet payoff. Throwing tomatoes at Ronald would make my year. Yeah, I, exactly. That's why we're not allowing audience participation on this one. <laughs> it's for charity, man. Uh, you're anti-charity. I forgot. It. Yeah, well, my, I'm sure my kids, if they had a vote, they would vote to allow the audience to throw rotten vegetables at me. Yeah, they would. I think your wife would, too. And I think yeah. our man Tom McKay would as well. Here's a word. <laughs> From Tom. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at 255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 or online at avconsultations.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to AV Consultations and shout out to our friends at Covert Bee Cave as well. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, you've got to go see our friends at Covert Bee Cave. Uh, They're the absolute best, and they have a ridiculous selection. Seven different brands. You can see some of the logos behind me right now. Seven different brands, three dealerships, 42 acres of cars, trucks, and SUVs out there at Covert in Bee Cave. They're going to hook you up with a fantastic ride at a fantastic price. The best deals that you could find, also the best service. You know, the old, uh, what do they say? Buying a car sucks and the used car salesman bit. You don't want to deal with any of those people. That's not the case at Covert Bee Cave. Fantastic people who will make you feel like family. They've been a big-time partner of ours here at Texas Sports Unfiltered from day one. They treat us like family. They're going to treat you the exact same way. Go out there, and also if uh, you need your vehicle serviced, they've got 86 service bays out there at Covert Bee Cave. So you're not going to have to wait all day to get your oil changed or to get something looked at on your car. They're going to get you in. They're going to get you out because they know you've got more important stuff than uh, waiting for someone to work on your car. Go to their website, covertbcave.com, for more information, and go out there and see them off of 71 
Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. And also shout out to Olipop as well. Trey, you had any uh, Olipops recently? No, because uh, we blew through the supply that you provided for us, and I've just been lazy about going out and getting some more. But every time you talk about it, it makes my mouth salivate, not just for the root beer, which I'm, I'm a root beer snob. It is on par with the best root beers out there. Man, that cherry cola, I'm telling you, I didn't think I'd ever taste anything anywhere close to what the uh, cherry Coke flavor, but Olipop cherry cola or cherry soda, I apologize if I'm butchering the name there, surpasses that. Cherry cola, no, you're right. It's legit. It is legit. That's one of my favorite flavors as well. The grape is awesome. The cream soda, have you tried the cream soda yet? I'm not a big cream soda guy, but because Olipop does it so well, I will try their cream soda because they they knock it out of the park with the other flavors that I'm so fond of. Yep. Trey's a believer. Bucky's in on it. Chip's a huge fan. Just about everybody who's tried Olipop is uh, bought in. Keep getting texts and tweets from y'all saying the same thing. If you haven't tried it yet, don't miss out. Olipop, great tasting soda that is actually good for you. You can pick it up wherever you get your groceries. All right, Trey, we'll get back into some Texas football here in a moment. But what about uh, some Texas basketball? Huge game for the Longhorns tonight in Milwaukee at the Fiserv Forum, taking on Shaka Smart and the Marquette Golden Eagles. Texas ranked number 12 in the most recent AP poll. Marquette ranked number 8. Marquette's actually coming off of a loss. Uh, They lost to Wisconsin in a big rivalry game up there over the weekend. Texas hasn't played since last Thursday when the Longhorns had that weird game against Texas State. We didn't talk too much about that because obviously there were a lot of football happenings going on with UT, but uh, Texas was up 25-4 to in that game, and then Texas State took a lead in the second half. The Longhorns came back, they won, and they kind of cruised towards the end. But Texas and Marquette, Trey, a really, really good, probably the last real non-conference test this team has. I know they play LSU next weekend in Houston, but LSU's eh. I mean, they had their chance against UConn. They came up short at the Garden. Now they've got a big-time opportunity in the Big 12 Big East Challenge against a uh, top-10 Marquette team that is really, really good. Yeah, that's a bummer that Dylan DeSue is not a part of things just yet, but he is working his way back into the lineup. They're saying mid-December right now, so if so, that's uh, that's maybe 10 days or less away for him. But uh, this has still been a fun basketball team to watch, so... Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing what they can do and if they can show some improvements in a uh, a better environment than MSG a few weeks ago, which obviously was neutral court, and uh, see how that hostility affects them. I feel like they will play up to uh, the hatred, but then again, maybe I'm just skewed by watching the football team embracing the hate all season long. Uh, this is, uh, this is a, a fun team to watch. We were talking about Max Acemus and uh, his scoring ability. Obviously, Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell have looked uh, pretty good so far this year. And then a guy like Caden Shedrick, who has been good on both ends of the floor. It should be a fun one. Yeah, Tyrese Hunter from Racine, Wisconsin. So kind of a homecoming for him. Uh, Brock Cunningham, the only player on this Texas team who was a part of the Shaka Smart era in Austin. So I guess a little bit of a revenge game for him, although I don't think he hated Shaka Smart or anything like that. I'm trying to figure out who the game means the most to, Trey. Does it mean more to Shaka? Does it mean more to the Texas team? Does it mean more to Texas fans? Like, who who cares the most about this game? I think it's me. I think I care the most about mm. this game. But, like, does this game mean a lot to you because of 
Shaka Smart six years in Austin? No, I think it means the most to Shaka. Because mm. my guess is that Shaka is in his own head justifying that the firing was bullshit, even though the writing had been on the wall for at least a couple of seasons that he wasn't going to be the guy long-term. And so, yeah, it's when you get fired by somebody, there's some sour grapes there. You want to prove them wrong. And so, yeah, Shaka Smart is, uh, I don't know how much he's going to throw at things because they are obviously, uh, they've gotten back to that havoc method at Marquette, which Texas fans were constantly asking about during his time here in Austin. Uh, but uh, he's going to make sure that his guys are ready to go tonight. And I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, see Marquette win, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see Texas win either because Shaka Smart is the coach on the other sideline. Well, if this game was in the NCAA tournament, I'd feel a lot better about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, unless it's in the NIT, and then they they might have a chance because half our guys opted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Marquette's really good. They started the year in the top five. Um, they beat Kansas pretty good early in the season. There are two losses. I mentioned one to Wisconsin. The other one was to a Purdue team that's ranked in the top five. Marquette's got two really, really good guards. It's going to be a test. You brought up Max Asmus. Teams are kind of going after Max Asmus on the defensive end of the floor just because he's undersized and he's not yeah. a great defender. He'd, he'd probably tell you that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. Cam Jones and Tyler Kolek, the backcourt for Marquette. Those two guys can absolutely ball. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the matchup right there. You've got tons of scoring for the four starting guards if you include Asmus and Hunter for Texas. It's going to be a, a lot of fireworks from those guys, but yeah, defensively could be a challenge for the Longhorns on the perimeter. And then we'll see how Caden Chedrick does against um, Igodoro. I kept calling him Osa Odigizua, but that guy's on the Cowboys. I kept getting that wrong. They've got a guy, Oso Igodoro, which is way too effing close to Osa Odigizua. Like that. It's absurd that those two guys are good athletes with names like that because those are the most out there names in the world and they're almost the exact same. It's annoying. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce either last name. I'll just let you keep doing that. Yeah, let me dig uh, my hole a little bit further here. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, this would be a big one for Texas. Once again, their last really tough non-conference game. They're going to have plenty of chances to bolster the resume in the Big 12 because this conference is the best in the country. I mean, you've got like six or seven teams, I think, ranked in the top 25 right now. So, uh, yeah, Texas will have opportunities in conference play to uh, pick up those quadrant one wins. But in the non-con, kind of a weaker slate for Texas. You mentioned they lost that UConn game. Um, this is this is sort of the last big one outside of the Big 12. So this would be a huge win on the road against a top 10 team that has national championship aspirations, even though Shaka Smart's the head coach. Uh, would love for the Longhorns to find a way to win. And I just hate Chaka Smart. So, actually, that's that's really the biggest reason. You I, went the, I went with the analyst bit for a little bit. Like, here's why this would be good for Texas. Now, why it would be good for Texas is because it'd be good for me. Because so Chaka Smart... Do you just hate Chaka because he, he never uh, never delivered here in Austin? Or is two there... reasons. Uh, he knocked Kansas out in 2011. And uh, really... Uh, Kansas beat itself. Everyone gave Shaka a bunch of credit for that. I've never seen a team miss more wide open shots in my entire life than Kansas did on that day. And that should have been a championship for Kansas because that was the worst final four we've ever had in terms of like quality of teams. Uh, and then that got Shaka the job and I would have forgiven Shaka. I would have forgiven him if he was a good coach at Texas. I would have gotten over that elite eight game. 
But Chaka wasted six years of my effing life, dude. Like, six years. Zero tournament wins at Texas? Are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. The guy sucked. I, I will still maintain. Now, I don't have the memory that uh, Kevin Dunn does, so I don't remember things throughout most of the 1980s with Texas basketball. But the embarrassment of Texas basketball Twitter calling us national champions after that NIT championship was a low point. That was going full Aggie in that situation. Sorry, mm -hmm. Texas fans. You can say it's not, but that went full fucking Aggie right there. It was complete embarrassment for this for the program but for the school on the whole too i think most texas fans agree with you and that's saying something that's how bad it was like because we'll do anything to be disassociated with a&m but uh yeah that and then the loss to acu which is the worst loss in program history now it got shaka out of here yeah and, and we thought we had our uh, our savior at head coach and maybe rodney terry is that guy now who knows um, but yeah, no, that two of two of our lowest moments as Texas basketball fans happened under Shaka Smart amidst all of the other low moments that happened with Texas basketball under Shaka Smart. So I would like to win a lot. Please. Who wears a polo with a long sleeve shirt under it? Loser. Yeah. Now I'm taking yeah. personal shots. I gotta be careful here. Adults who are dressing like 13-year-old children. Bad bit. Bad bit right there. Texas. And Marquette, 7 o'clock on FS1. God, I hope. I haven't looked at the announcers. Is there a chance that it's Gus and Raft on this call? Is Gus Johnson back to doing basketball yet since, like, the college football regular season is over? If we get Gus on this game tonight, that'd be incredible. That would be sweet. You know what well, else would be sweet? What you got? As we stick in college sports, but shift to football for a second. Yeah. Looks like Oregon and Oregon State have just finalized continuing the Civil War next year and beyond. So... Uh, not all schools that are going from one place to another completely spurn their rival in the process. That's fantastic. And I hope this is the start of something along these lines for everyone from Washington, Washington State to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and uh, plenty of other rivalries that are going away now that we're seeing a, a huge shift in realignment starting next year. Can't call it the Civil War anymore, dude. What is it? The uh, battle for states' rights. No, really? No, but they they have tried to get rid of the Civil War name. Oh, fuck you gun-toting hippies. You guys know exactly what that is. It's the Civil War, just like BYU-Utah is the Holy War. You can call it something, just like the Red River Shootout is that, not the Red River Rivalry. Uh, <laughs> you can call it what you want to, but we're still going to always refer to it as the Sears Tower and Town Lake and the Civil Motherfucking War, bitches. Amen. Great rant right there. Yeah, I think Oregon and Oregon State fans feel the same way. I don't know who made that call, but the fans are like, no, it's the it's the Civil War. Uh, that's great. Good for the Pac-12 or, or whatever's left of the Pac-12 because Washington and Washington State have also agreed to keep the Apple Cup going. So uh, shout out to the adults in the room for actually being adults. You know, the people at Texas and Texas A&M were dressed like Shaka Smart with polos and long sleeves acting like little effing kids. No, we're too good for them. We're too good for them. Like, these games should have been played. And I'm glad, uh, yeah, Oregon and Oregon State and Washington and Wazoo are keeping their games around. That's that's good. That's the worst part of realignment, Trey, is losing rivalries. And it's good that uh, some of these schools realize that it's important to keep rivalries around because that's what makes college sports so great. Exactly. It's a big reason why sports in general, but college sports are as fun as they are.
Amen. We're all worse off for not getting Texas and A&M over the last 10 plus years now. Yeah, I agree. By the way, it's uh, Jason Benetti and Bill Raftery on the call tonight. So we do get Raft. Benetti's really good. That's a, I like that's Benetti a, a lot, yeah. That's a solid tandem. No Gus, unfortunately, but uh, Raft is my favorite color commentator in any sport. So it's, I love that, dude. Onions. Onions. Minimum. Excited for that. Uh, all right, before we uh, get to where we at in society, Trey, I want to get your thoughts on AM's offensive coordinator hire. They're going to the Big 12 and hiring a former Big 12 quarterback and also Big 12 offensive coordinator, Colin Klein, who's been the OC at K-State the last couple of years, is uh, the reported hire. I don't think it's official yet, but you've got enough uh, folks who cover AM and college football saying that it's going to happen. I don't think this is a Mark Stoops type of situation here. Uh, Colin Klein expected to be the new OC in Aggieland, your thoughts on this one? I mean, I think it has a chance to be a good hire for AM. You know, a lot of that depends on the players that they bring in to run that system. But I was uh, impressed with what he was able to do over these last couple of years now. His development of quarterbacks, his usage of Avery Johnson, the true freshman this year at times. You know, Will Howard still remained the guy for a majority of the season. Will Howard now in the transfer portal, by the way. And if Nothing else. I think this sets up the possibility that AM becomes contenders for Riley Leonard's services, the Duke quarterback mm-hmm. this last season who turned a lot of heads, especially earlier in the year. And so, unfortunately, he got hurt. Uh, what was it in that Notre Dame game and uh, had a bit of a struggle the rest of the way? But he's been linked to Notre Dame for the last few days since uh, officially entering the transfer portal. I think he would make a lot of sense in a call and Klein offense. So, uh, Maybe I'm speaking out of turn here because he's already committed to Notre Dame, but don't be surprised to see AM enter the Riley Leonard's sweepstakes. Yeah, and Will Howard's also in the portal. Did you say that already? Yes, he, you know what? I I did say that, but I didn't put that together. That is a possibility too, for sure. So maybe uh, yeah, the Aggies go after Will Howard. I mean, they still have yeah. Connor Wegman coming back. I, I assume Connor Wegman would be the incumbent to be the starting quarterback, but maybe Elko didn't like what he saw from... Wegman enough before he got hurt last year? I don't know. I'm not recalling how good was Wegman with his legs because Colin Klein, obviously as a player, but as an OC as well, asks his quarterbacks to do some things with their legs at times. Yeah, solid. Wegman's a pretty decent athlete, so they could make make that work. K-State's offense has been ranked in the top 30 in total offense the last couple of years. The only two years where Klein has been the OC slash play caller in Manhattan. I will say this, though, Texas fans – um, Colin Klein is 0-7 as a coach against the University of Texas because <laughs> Texas has beaten K-State seven times in a row and Colin Klein was a part of the staff for all seven of those games. So, uh, but no, I, I think it's, I'm with you. I think this has a chance to be a pretty good hire. Not the splashiest hire in the world. You were hearing like Kingsbury, you know, like it feels like they are cheaping out a little bit and some people think they cheaped out with Mike Elko at head coach. It's like you're going to pay your, coach 70 something million dollars to leave and then you're going to bring in elko and colin klein instead when it feels like you could have had all the money in the world but we'll see i mean AM went with the splashy route the last time and it didn't work out so maybe them going with the more substance over style could could be good for them dude AM is hemorrhaging players in the transfer portal right now so they've got to figure out a way to slow that tide because there are a lot of Former highly rated, highly recruited guys who have actually been decent contributors for that football team these last few years who want no part of this program now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The attrition continues in Aggieland for sure. Okay. We've got about nine minutes left. 
in today's edition of Midday with Trey and BK. Quick shout out to our friends at GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com. If you're in the market for new furniture, GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com. That is where you need to go. You don't have to leave your house. Don't go to that blue and yellow Swedish store. I don't like the Swedish people anyways. Don't go there. Those meatballs suck. Don't waste your time. You're going to get lost in that place. Then you're going to buy something. It's going to take you 14 hours to put it together. And then you realize a piece is missing and it doesn't work. Get you real nice furniture that's going to last you for a long time. You can get that at greatblueheronfurniture.com. They're custom leather furniture. Been around since 1991. And this stuff is built to last. So it looks amazing. It's comfortable as hell. And it is going to last you and your family decades. That's right, decades. If you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off your purchase over there at greatblueheronfurniture.com. Trey, recorded or live today, my friend? Let's go recorded with Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808, or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Where are we at in society today? Right, it is. You look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, we will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism. As it's all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, BK, today is not that day. Mm. Start today's Where We At story with a basic question. Would you want somebody who is considered an expert enough to teach subject matter, to have real-world experience in that subject? Whether we're talking about a football coach who uh, played and who has coached throughout their lives, or maybe a personal trainer, somebody who trains you at a gym. By the way, are you still uh, are you planning to work out today? I am. All right, let's get, let's go. Yeah, uh, should I lift today or should I just do cardio today and save the lift for tomorrow? Do a little bit of both. Cardio is the least efficient way that you can exercise, but it's good to get at least a little bit in there. But if you were to hire somebody who were to help you working out, would you want a fat slob or you would would you want somebody who has shown the ability to get themselves in really good shape? Well, I'd want Mike McCarthy so I could tell him how to coach better. But I guess that wouldn't have much to do with the working out. So, no, I'd go with the guy who's in good shape, who clearly has spent some time at the gym instead of at the donut shop. I'm glad you said that. It's with those things in mind that we bring you the story of a Texas mom and sex educator who was just fired from her job, her job in a high school, for being a sex worker oh i thought it was going to be virgin i'm like that is a twist ashley catcher side really her name not a pun mm. is 38 and she is in godly texas which is near dallas uh she on top of until recently being the uh, sex ed teacher at uh at her local school was uh, also a prostitute in the past life, so much so that she has two prostitution convictions in 2012 and 2016. Known to her current clients, because she was still active, as Lola Brea, 
she now appears to be working as a legal escort with an active website. Escort work, which is where clients pay for company and not sex necessarily, is actually permitted under Texas law while prostitution, a.k.a. selling sex, is not. Catcherside, whose maiden name is Ashley Villalobos, which isn't nearly as cool as Catcherside for a prostitute, was exposed to her employers after parents raised concerns about multiple businesses she said she owned but didn't expand on what they were. Although there's no suggestion that Catcherside current work was illegal or that she posed a threat to children, she was a part of the School Health Advisory Council, which recommends health education protocols for students to student boards. Okay, what's the problem here? She's as experienced as they come. Well, the uh, the group that she was a part of okay. essentially suggests curriculum for various grade levels within the school district. And according to Mary Lowe, who is a part of the nonprofit group Families Engaged for Effective Education, said, quote, I don't see any community wanting that to be the standard for their school district. We can do better, and we must do better. I believe that parents need to know. Yeah, you're going to have single dads or maybe some married dads trying to apply for her services in the process. You yeah, know when you say that? When's Parent Teacher Day? When's parent the conference? I, I think that's a valid question. Now, why might some dads be trying to sign up for her services? Well, because she's really attractive. How about this picture? Whoa. Whoa, picture from her uh, legal website as a uh, as an escort. That wasn't her uh, right there. She is attractive. Oh, and a hockey sweater. Oh, she's wearing the Dallas Stars hockey sweater. We may have met your future wife right here, my friends. Wow. Hold on. What school is she at? I'm pulling the Billy Madison here and going back. Godly Independent School District. Look at that picture. I mean, she is. She's a good looking woman. She is. Will you scroll back up a little bit? To right. maybe the second picture, help helping you out with the uh, the spank bank. Is that what we're doing here? No, well, this is just research. Uh, I wonder if that's her GISD staff picture. Is that the one on the website? That one right yep. there. I mean, it looks like the even though she's wearing underwear, it looks like the crack is blurred out. So maybe it is. Maybe she's <laughs> trying to pass that off as as her uh, godly ISD profile picture. Uh, so she wasn't sleeping with any of the students, was she? Because that's no. obviously something that happens all the time. No, and yeah, she'd been busted for hooking a couple of times in the past. One of those is more than 10 years ago. The other one was seven, almost eight years ago. Who better and to learn about sex from than a sex worker? She's got more experience than anybody. She knows what you should do. She knows what you shouldn't do, what you can do, what you can't do. This is the type of woman we want educating our youth. There There's is no way around it there is a good chance that she's going to have exceptional advice for these young people who don't know any better and help them to protect themselves from STDs or having to live that hooker lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Maybe she can share some of her background story that led to her having to do this, or maybe it's something she enjoys enough that she may encourage some of America's uh, youth that's incapable of being present or forming sentences to other humans person to person that, hey, you may have a future for yourself as well you, where you make a decent living. Now you're saying prostitutes are dumb and can't read or write? Not all. I'm saying that there are a lot of stupid kids out there right now who may as well 
sell themselves once they are of legal age, of course, because their prospects are pretty dim otherwise. Yeah, that could be that could be an issue if she's trying to recruit high school kids to be prostitutes. Not trying to recruit. Not trying to recruit. I'm sorry. I've just NIL money. What is she doing here? Above board with all the recommendations that she's made, the sex ed reg- recommendations she's made for the godly ISD. Uh, but she is uh, she is still an escort, and she has gotten busted as a hooker in the past. Mm. And that is a problem. Shout out to any boy at that school who was able to bag that. That'd be impressive. Well done. Somebody's asking on the YouTube comments line, what's her name? Ashley Catcherside. Center f- Catcherside. That's centerfold. Hmm. Catcher outside. How about that? <laughs> I didn't have any teachers that looked like that back in my day. Nope. God, I see some of these teachers now, and it's just like, where were those? Where were those when I was in school? Not that I had nearly enough game growing up to lock any of them down, but even to look at just would have been nice. I got so many just old hags. (laughs) I had had like secondary high school football coaches teaching our sex ed class at Newman Smith High School. Think think anybody wanted to watch that guy put a condom on a banana? I don't think I had a sex ed class in high school. I took one at UT. I took I took some sort of sex related class at Texas, and I don't know what it was because I probably went three times. But the teacher, not attractive, not like uh, catch me outside. How about that girl? Well, so I would wouldn't mind having her. Is it? Well, she better be eighteen. Let me double check before I make sure I. She's 18 now because she's doing as well as maybe anybody on OnlyFans. It is absurd how much she is making on OnlyFans. Oh, she's 20? Yeah. Bahad Bahabi. Danielle Rigoli. I still remember you talking about her when, gosh, she had to have been 14 or 15 at the time. Yeah, that Dr. Phil episode. It's the best Dr. Phil episode of all time. She became a legend from that. And even though that happened years before she turned 18... She became so famous from that deal that she was still able and is still able to make money off of it. She's now 20, so six years later. She's pregnant. Hmm. It's not mine. Is it your CB? That is unfortunate for that baby that that's about to be her mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yep, yep. That's probably a mean thing to say, but it's accurate in this instance, isn't it? I'm sure that she would give me props for making that observation. She probably agrees with me. Shit. She's, you know, the amount of money that she's going to make, hopefully she's she's uh, pawning that kid off on somebody else who's going to love it a little bit more than bad, bad behavior is going to. Uh, she's going to take it to the pawn stars. Is that what you mean by pawning it off? Dude, it's either that or starting an OnlyFans for the baby. I don't know how legal that is, but you know that dumb broad is gonna try Mm. all right let me see i'm trying to pull up a picture of her why are these all so zoomed out yeah she announced that she was pregnant the other day apparently here's a baby bump version of uh danielle brigoli wood god no dude Oh, because she's got a kid inside of her? That That's a fair reason. No, before that even. Really? Y- yes, really. How many beers? 
This is going to be similar to the conversation from yesterday or two days ago. If you throw a keg and knock me out, no, on top no. of me, knock me out and prop it up with popsicle sticks, then sure. But I know because she's going to say something and then I'm going to have to say something back. And it never even gets close to that point. <laughs> We're not worried about talking here, dude. All right. You're telling me, hold on. You're telling me it'd be the same number of beers for this as it would be. For- I'm ready to be over here. You know who else might do that at some point in their lives? Bahad Bahabi is probably going to try and pull some shit like that 20 years down the road when she looks similar to that woman (laughs) shape-wise. Hell, she's probably charging people on OnlyFans right now to do something along those lines in the privacy of her own million-dollar home. Dude, that... Danielle Brigoli is having a baby. She's pregnant, and she's still not even half as big as the big kahuna that we just showed you. Yeah, you're right about that. That woman is hideous. But you can it's okay to say no to both. It's not like this is an either-or situation. You're not telling me you got to choose Dolly Parton, Bahad Bahabi, or the woman who's, uh, who's dropping trow and trying to take a leak all over the airplane aisle. Like, I can say no to all three of those things. Yeah, you can. I'm just mad at you for saying it would take the same number of beers for you to, because you're basically putting them in the same category there. I'm telling you, giving me all three of those opportunities, I'd probably have to go Dolly Parton first, and I wouldn't feel good about it. <laughs> and the Cowboys cheerleader <laughs> get up. This is as long as she's not wearing that chow- ch- that Cowboys <laughs> cheerleader outfit. That's just, that's too much. Oh man, what a what a show today. What a story. Nice find by you. Shout out to Catch Me Outside. How about that? Danielle Brigoli and the sex ed teacher from what was the city? Gidley? Godly, Texas. Godly? I've heard of a lot of Texas cities. I've never heard of that one before. Sure, I'm sure Craig Way could tell us how to get there in, in, in five seconds. Hopefully uh Craig can't tell us too much about the uh the escort service that uh catcher side is running. Now, that would be a twist during the next Longhorn Weekly if Craig started talking about that. <laughs> I don't know what I would do there. Catcher side, catch side wearing lace with black trim down the side. <laughs> <laughs> she had her name. Across, like to this one. <laughs> she had her name across the chest in uh, all white capital block print lettering. Light my tower orange. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Come on, man. She drinks Olipop root beer. Well, then she'd be a keeper if that were the case. <laughs> that would that would get Trey to change his mind. Uh, that root beer is delicious, as uh, Chip can attest to, because he's drinking some right now. Oh, yeah. What's the word, fellas? What's coming up today on the show? Oh, man. I mean, the tailgate has begun. We're only 26 days away from the Sugar Bowl, so... We're off and running um, our weekly conversation with John Brown, the the crazy world of John Brown mm. at uh, 1.30. Check in. Amon Ra with another touchdown for the Lions. And, um, you know, the chip shot, the right call. I'm hoping to get some extreme pettiness today from my man Doomsday. Mm. We'll see. He's going to give us the preview of all previews of Texas Marquette basketball. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie. That was not a very confident sound right there. Not confident. 
not mm-hmm. confident. Yeah. You know, Chaka wants team. to win this game more than anybody else in that arena tonight, Zay. Hell yeah. And they just lost too, you know, during that Big 12 championship game halftime. I was flipping over to Fox and watching Marquette lose to Wisconsin. So losing to that in-state rival that they did, I know Shaka's team's going to be foaming at the mouth to get back on the court. And as you said, Trey, yeah, with the horns coming into town, Shaka, yeah, has a competitor. He definitely wants this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Hey, Shaka is the king of the regular season, baby. Yeah, I told Trey earlier, if this game was in the tournament, I'd feel very confident that Texas yeah. would win. But it's, <laughs> it's in December, so I'm I'm with Zay. I'm a little bit nervous tonight. Yeah, this Shoot. is when Shaka gets his, uh, gets his shots off. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right, guys. We'll leave. All right, fellas. Great show. Appreciate you guys. We'll be locked Great in. Great show, fellas. Thank y'all. Oh! <laughs>